Can I just add my welcome to you? If you're new here at Gateway, I just want to add uh, my welcome. It's great to welcome you here. My name's Colin. I lead the team here at Gateway. Um, this morning, we are cutting in on our preaching series, Awaken. Um, and want to share some news with you that is good news, big news, um, exciting news. And actually, so often when God's doing something and awakens his church, that's precisely what you'd expect is that God cuts in on what you're doing. And what he is doing is awakening us um, to what he's called us to be and do as his people. So this is great news for us this morning as we share it. I'll get to it in just a moment. Um, God has been doing so much with us as a church over the last year, both personally for myself and Emma and us as a church, us as a team. We really do sense that. And in a couple of weeks' time, I want to share more about that journey. Um, A massive part of that is in particular that God has been reminding us of his promises to us as a church, that we we are led by God. We're led by the Spirit, and Jesus is building his church. And actually, we have big promises over us as a church that sometimes you look at them and your, your eyes are full of faith and you kind of go, yeah, we can take that. And other times you look at it and you, you see like giant walls and you feel like a grasshopper, but it feels like God has put his promises back in front of us and we're looking at them full of eyes of faith again at the moment. Um, in fact, one of these prophetic promises came to um, our wider family of churches regions beyond recently. And if you were here when Steve was here, he, he preached into this. I'm just going to read it. It said this, I believe God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season as it is not something that we've experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognizable by those who've experienced them before, and one can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. And I, I really believe, and as a team, we believe that God is speaking to us through this also. It just really resonates with what God has been doing. And the reality is that for us to take hold of the promises of God, we always have to move towards them. It's an inv- the prophetic promises of God are an invitation into what he is doing and what he's calling us to be and become. And therefore, we have to move towards them. And as we know, whenever we move towards God, there is always a cost. Salvation is free, but discipleship is costly. And there's always a cost, always things we have to lay down, always things we have to sacrifice to move forward and step into what God has called us to. And at the moment, we're again at one of those costly moments. And God has called us, part of our promises, if you've been around for any length of time here at Gateway, you'll know that one of the promises that's deep within us is that God has called us to be a people who um, receive people from the nations and send people into the nations. If, you, if you've been around any time, you'll know that's part of who we are. That God has said, this is what it's to look like for you, Gateway, as you play your part in this mission. And so we're at a moment when we get to do that again. In just a moment, Nick and Motti are going to come and share their story and their plans of what God is doing with them. But they are going to be in the near future moving on from Gateway and moving on from Swindon to relocate and settle in Seattle. And this has been a super quick thing, a really recent thing. But together as a team, as these guys have shared their story with us, we really just see God's hand upon it. Just before they come, I want to say this, change is good. 
Change is super good because it stops us staying in the same place. But I recognize that we all respond to change very differently. And some of us love it and we celebrate it. And other, others of us, it could be the smallest bit of change, but it rocks our world. And I, I understand that. But we need to adjust our hearts and minds as, as change comes. And that's a really great thing that we are constantly saying, God, we, we need to adjust to what you're doing. So as we listen to these, these guys' story um, just now, I want to I ask you and invite you, would you hear with eyes of faith that this isn't just um, a Nicomotti story, but as these guys are blessed and obedient to what God's story with them is, that we also get blessed in the process and that God grows us and challenges us. So why don't you guys come and share? Motti, are you coming to speak this morning? Not at all. I bet you've got something to say. Great. Yeah, I just want to thank Colin for, it's the first time Colin has introduced me to speak, right? It's kind of like, you know, it's not an introduction to speak, I get it, but um, it just felt surreal sitting there and Colin doing this piece before I come and speak with you. Um, but I think God is actually already speaking. Um, you know, Paul, that word you brought is, uh, it's a, a word for now. Yeah, God, and God has been speaking to me about this for a few weeks now. In fact, on this whole journey, God has been reminding me exactly of that, that actually he has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. Yeah? Where it, it, there are no coincidences in the kingdom. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of his children. And we are his children. And we are created in his image. We are image bearers. We, we perfect, perfect timing, Paul. We're meant to live our lives out. Showing forth his glory. Showing forth his goodness. Showing forth his creativity. Showing forth all that is of God. As we allow the Holy Spirit to live Jesus through us to the world that we're in. Amen? Amen. So, I mean, my journey is, is um, you know, it's, I'll, thank you for the intro, Colin, because uh, the, the journey is about the prophetic. And I've just got a timeline that I'll talk through uh, quickly. Back in the mid-90s, I think it's about 1997, Moti and I, um, we're attending a church in the east end of London, a church called Trinity Chapel. It was a predominantly black church, a black majority church. Um, we had pastors and senior pastors, um, and that was our experience of church. That's all we'd ever known in church. And there was this service one day, and this, this minister, he came from a church in West London, um, and, and, and he came and he was ministering, and there was a time of prophecy. There was a time where he was ministering prophetically, and, and he, he just, you know, I was sitting in the pews uh, uh, as, as I was, and he called me out. And he said, what's your name? And I told him my name. And he says, I believe God is saying, now I lived in South London and Kent, moved, lived in Kent at that time. And he called me, he said, I believe God is moving you on. I believe God is, you know, you're, 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 there's going to be a change of job. I think God is going to provide. That there will be finances. God is moving you on. Um, uh, I believe God is taking you somewhere where you are going to give good advice. You will be a leader of leaders. You're going to be something called an elder. Now, in my context then, I had no idea what elders were. I used to read the Bible and I think elders were older people. 
And so when he said, you're going to be an elder, this was a young guy back in 1997. I'm thinking, okay, this is kind of odd. Yeah, I like the bit about the money. I like the bit about, you know, what do you mean an elder? I didn't get it. So fast forward, I used to work for Nationwide Building Society back then, and um, I've been with Nationwide for a little while. And back in 2006, April 2006, Nationwide Building Society decided to relocate myself and my family to Swindon, because this is where the head office of Nationwide is. And so I, I'd been working on some projects in head office for Nationwide on secondment, and so Nationwide relocated myself and my family, and I'd been, you know, uh, in Swindon before then, but in the week, and I'm still living in Kent. And they relocated myself and all of my family in April 2006, and so we, we came to Swindon. And there were a number of things that, as we were leading up to the move, there were you know, some things that we, we were believing God for, and we were seeking God for, and we were asking God for. We, we wanted to, because I'd been on secondment to Swindon, I, kind of, I was told that the best place to live, and I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, yeah, I've been very careful here. I'm not regionist or placist, but I was told by colleagues that, you know, you want to live in Old Town. And it's because Old Town was close to the nationwide office, so I can walk to work. It's close to, close to the, uh, you know, Wood Street, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really cool place to live. And so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, that's where I'm going to live. So I want to live in Old Town. And they said, um, and then I, I thought, okay, what's the best primary school? You know, we want, we want our boys, our boys were going to a, a private school back in Kent, and we were praying, and things were going to change, and we thought, actually, we want the boys to go to a good school. And so we looked at the list, and we thought, okay, there is Lethbridge in Old Town, there is King William Street, and there is Wombra, and we thought, actually, we'd love the kids to go to Wombra, but actually, Wombra is not in the catchment area. And we, we said, okay, God, we're going to move, and because we're moving, the kids will start in a new school. They have to start in a new school. So we started to visit schools. And so we went to Lethbridge, and Lethbridge said, uh, on your bike. Because this was partway through the term, right? And so, oh, the school is full. We have a, a waiting list. Sorry, we can't help you. Off you go. And then we went to King William Street, and King William Street said, um, actually, we have one space for one of your children. We have one gap from the previous year. The other one will have to go to another school. Before we did that, actually, I forgot to say, I was looking at the schools online, and I, and I looked at Lethbridge, I looked at Wombro, I looked at schools, and I, said, I, and I saw two spaces in Wombro, and I just said, actually, I don't know, I don't understand what this is telling me, but I think that's, that's where our boys are going. And so we went and saw the headmaster of Wombro, and we sat with him, and he says, ah, funny, it's funny you're here, this is kind of amazing, because we have only two spaces in the school. And both those spaces are in your, one, one is in reception, and one is in year one, and those were exactly what our boys needed. And so the previous year, they had one, one intake less, and then one person left, one of the classes. And so there was space for the boys. When the boys started to go to that school, our friends used to ask us, how, did, how come you live in Old Town? and your kids go to Wombro. People pay premium to live in Wombro so the kids can go to that school. How did that happen? And we smile that this is what God did. Now, with hindsight, actually, the Bible says that all things work together for good for they that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? And the Bible says that he is at work in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure according to his purpose. Amen? Amen? So with hindsight, 
It was God all along. Because we joined Gateway fully. We visited Gateway for a bit in 2006. Um, and then we joined in 2007. And then shortly after that, I can't remember exactly when. But I, I, in fact, when we joined Gateway, I suddenly realized what an elder was. And Mark wasn't that old. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Colin is saying, well, compared to you, yes. But anyway, it um, wasn't that old. And so I had, oh, this is what an elder is. But I still had even forgotten. And then suddenly, partway through our journey in Gateway, Mark starts to talk to me about eldership. And then suddenly, suddenly, that word comes flooding back. In September 2012, I became an elder in Gateway. Fifteen years after that word was spoken. Um, and so, became an elder in Gateway. I'm here. Um, you know me. Love you guys. Love this church. Lots of friends. Lots of family here. Lots of people we love very deeply. And, and I say that because also that, there's also something in that. That there are lots of people here that we love very deeply. Brothers and sisters. Family. Anyway, so in April 2013, Moti and I, I think it was April, I can't quite remember exactly whether April, May, Moti and I went to a church in Gloucester, one of our family of churches, and there was a, a prophet I think I can, you know, call him a prophet. Um, Julian Adams was sharing, and he shared a prophetic word. In 2012, sorry, in 2011, uh, Julian Adams administered in this church, and he had prophesied over Moti and myself, but he didn't really know us, and that was before I became an elder. In 2013, he called me up again, or he told me to stand up. Actually, can we play that? Can we play... Can I have the microphone? Let me just play this for you guys. God loves you a whole lot, sir. And he's got some incredible plans for you. And God wants to say to you that there is coming a turnaround in the circumstances to do with your job. God's about to bring some promotion and breakthrough because you've lived under a particular ceiling in your job and it's caused much frustration for you. And God says you're about to step up into a whole new place. That there's authority for you to have and influence for you to have because he's finding to be really faithful with a little. And so he's going to make you faithful with the much. The Lord also says to you, son, there's a season of change coming for you and your family. I don't know if that means it's going to be a geographical change or a church change or a move of some sort, but God is about to move you from one place to another because you're going to come into an open space where the gifts and the call in you can begin to be expressed. So God wants to encourage you. My hand is on you. I'm releasing breakthrough in a significant way. I just... And so um, I, back then, I just started working for a company called Danone. And shortly after th that, Danone you know, said they were moving from Bath, where the company was based, or Trowbridge, the office was moving to London. 
And so I thought to myself, yeah, okay, this is it. This is what's happening. You know, this job changed, you know, so I'm meant to stay with the organization. I'm meant to stay and commute to London or stay in London in the week and work from London. And so I, I, I was part of the change at this organization called Danone um, and thought that that was the fulfillment of the prophetic word till this year. And so Moti and I went uh, to represent Gateway at uh, a gathering of uh, leaders from regions beyond in Athens, in uh, a place called Marathon. And so we went to represent the church. Um, and uh, at that point, there was, there was a part in one of the meetings where Steve Oliver said that, you know, um, that God had placed some towns and cities on the heart of some people, you know, and that we should all come out and write the names of towns or cities that, you know, we believe God would have us pray for, or God, you know, would say that we have a heart for. And I, and I, I went along, I got three cards out, and I wrote Swindon, and I wrote Barcelona, and I wrote Seattle. And I took them out and I put them in where it asked us to, asked us to put them. And then in another meeting, I came up again, and they were all there, and then I saw Seattle again. And actually, it wasn't my writing. This was somebody else. And so I found mine. And so I thought, well, this is interesting. And then in Marathon, towards the end, I got a message from one of our global senior leaders in Amazon, which is where I work now. And that effectively kicked off something. So before I left Marathon, there was actually a message that came through to me. Long and short of it is I was offered a job in Seattle um, which, with Amazon, which I discussed with the eldership. And I remember we were um, together the Thursday before Steve came to Gateway. And so Steve was going to be in London with some leaders on the Friday, coming into Swindon on the Friday. We were going to, as elders and wives, meet with Steve for dinner. And uh, on Thursday night, Colin, Nigel, myself, and Al were processing and praying. And then we thought, actually, let's, let's just, you know, let's not say anything to Steve. Because Steve is an apostle to the nations. And so if we offered, Nick is, ah, yes, I know, where he can, I know where they can be useful. And so we thought, no, we won't say anything. You know, we believe that we're in relationship with Steve and is... Uh, he leads our region be, regions beyond family. And so we'll see, what will Steve say? Let's just see if Steve will say anything. Funny enough, uh, Nigel, sorry, Colin, uh, Mark, who used to lead here, AJ that came with Steve, and Steve himself were driving back from London to Swindon on Friday. And out of the blue, Mark Thornett, sitting at the back, I believe, right, says, Steve, what's happening in Seattle? And so Colin can't help himself. Colin had signed a non-disclosure agreement with me. <laughs> but he couldn't help himself. And so, you know, Steve sees him smiling and laughing, kind of like as he's doing now, and, and says, what's up? And so he says, well, we've got this couple that we believe God is speaking to them, and a door is opening, and blah, blah, blah. And Steve says, oh, funny you should say that, because there, are, there, there is a couple who've reached out to me in Seattle, and they want to start a church. And they've been talking to me about you know, uh, partnership and help and resources, etc. And so when we had dinner with Steve, um, the cat was already out of the bag. And, and uh, it resonated with Steve. 
So we felt God is in this, right? The prophetic word. There are no coincidences in the kingdom. Moti and I um, were in Trinity Church two Sundays ago. That's the church in London. And we were in the prayer meeting before the service. And one of the uh, guys who attends the church prayed for us and then prophesied over us. And he said, actually, gateway is a church that, that it, you know, it's a gateway, right? So it's a gate. And it goes two ways. People come and people go. And then he said this to us. He said, almost, I'm paraphrasing, be ready to be separated from people you love. I have to let them go. And he knew nothing about the plans or anything. So, what's the story here? Well, the story is, uh, as Colin said, that um, I don't have an exact date. Immigration uh, is being worked through. Relocation is being worked through. But we believe that sometime in the next uh, few weeks, next two to three months, we will be moving uh, to Seattle. We believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us there already. I was, I was less comfortable until I saw the bigger picture. And the bigger picture was when, you know, uh, Steve brought that perspective. Ah, so this, there is more happening here. This isn't about just a job move. But God works in our lives in certain ways. God relocated me to Swindon through my employer back then. And it looks like God is relocating me to Seattle through my employer now. But it's him. It's the big picture. He has plans and purposes. Yeah, God is in control, folks. He is true to his promises. He is faithful. We take the prophetic seriously. Because he that speaks is faithful to do what he says he will do. Amen. Colin. Good, I knew there would be. Just so you guys know, there is such a thing as modern technology, and you can email across, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just to support what Nick said. God just encouraged me with this word yesterday, and I sent it to Nick. It's in Joshua 21:45, and it says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All, all came to pass. So if you are holding on to a promise or God has spoken something to you, trust him. He's sovereign and he's in control. Thank you, guys. Um, if you were here at some point um, over the last few weeks, um, you'll remember that Laura Firth, um, she said, oh, there's, there's been a prophetic promise over my life. And, um, and it feels like it's beginning, like God's breathing, <coughs> excuse me, breathing life into that. And then Rebecca DeVos, I think on the week of prayer as we gathered on the Wednesday evening, she, she said the same thing, that there's promises over her life and their life as a family that God is beginning to breathe life into. And again, for Nick and Motti, and, and just sensing that there is a season of God beginning to breathe um, promises into life that he has spoken over us. And particularly, um, that visit from Julian Adams was quite a significant 
um, time for us. And it's, it's almost as, you, as we've moved on and there's been some bits that immediately stick as God speaks promises. It just sticks immediately and it grabs your heart and it, and it shapes you. It's like a defining prophetic words. And there's other bits where you kind of just carry it. And sometimes you carry it well and other times not so well. But it just feels like there's some of the detail that God's beginning to breathe life into, which is exciting. In fact, just on that, I want to say that um, later in the autumn, we've um, invited, uh, Steve's offered us a, a friend of ours as a, a family of churches, a lady called Janet Brand Hollis, to, who is a, a prophet, and, um, and Steve knows her very well. And he said to us uh, on his last visit, he's like, she's over in um, the UK at that point, would you like, would you like to have her in Swindon um, for, for a part of that time? And so we said, yes, please. Um, I have seen this woman prophesy, and again, the prophetic is disruptive. It's really what it does is it comes and disrupts us out of the ordinary and into what God is doing. And, but we can trust him with that because he's good and faithful, and he's able, and he is building his church. And so that's going to be an exciting time, um, no doubt. <laughs> so I just want to um, right now thank Nick Amotti personally, both for myself, Emma, us as a team and for us as a church, just for your friendship, um, the encouragement that you are, the massive blessing that you are to us as a church. And I, sometimes you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, and, but I know what we've got in you guys and I'm already missing it, imagining the future. Um, these guys are a massive encouragement, both to myself and Emma. They've been just such a huge blessing to us in this last season. We're going to miss them and the boys as they go. Um, Jesse's heading off to uni this, um, at the end of this summer. Um, Tim's already at uni. So it's a massive season of change for this family. Um, please do pray for the Bukharis over this time. Just let's absolutely soak them in prayer and hold them up before God, that God would bless them, that every step that needs to happen would just be easy and just relationship with the boys, that God would um, really just serve them as a family by making the boys so settled in heart and mind and, and life. It's a, you know, 18 to 25 is a big season of life anyway. Um, let's just really ask that God would bless these guys as they go on this journey. We're going to keep you updated on the journey in terms of where we are. We'll make sure we do that very well. Just to say there will be a day that comes when we lay hands on them as a family and we just want to pray them on their way into this next season of life for them or this new era, should we say. Um, and at that point, we'll just release Nick from eldership. I don't even know what the proper term is. We'll uneld him. We'll sack him. I don't know. Um, but we'll make that really clear. So Nick is still elding, by the way. Okay? Until the day that we pray them off, we'll make that really clear. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll just keep you guys updated on the journey as to where, where we are. Um, and um, please, again, just pray for these guys. Again, pray for us as a team. Can I ask you to commit to that just as we, we navigate over the next few months? This is change. This is one of those change moments. It's going to have a big impact on us. Just for the last few moments, um, I want to take a, a moment to talk about, in light of this, but not just because of this, in fact, um, our, us uh, as a church and our leadership team and just changes we're making um, to move forward well and enable us to push into all God has for us in the coming season. The reality is that as we live our lives, we, we kind of so often are making small decisions along the way. And sometimes they're bigger decisions, but our lives can at points feel quite 
disconnected from God's big purposes. But it's amazing, isn't it, that in God's economy and of how God works, he, he, enab- he gets hold of our small lives at points and he just gets hold of them and he works behind and before and into our decision making his plans and his purposes in our life and just to say over the summer we've inv- we've invited a group of guys and girls to come and preach sorry men and women to come and preach um, through the book of Ruth and that really is one of the big themes of God so as Nick was just telling his story of saying there were points where we made decisions there are also prophetic promises of God and then there's God's bigger purpose and you see these things beginning to be woven together in the purposes of God. And, and as we head into the book of Ruth over the summer, I'm so excited because I think it helps us to understand our lives in the context of God's big story and how our lives are caught up. So the Thursday evening that Nick was um, mentioning when we were just processing what does this look like, we were praying together. Um, I said to Nick, I, I was just honest, I said, I, I could see it's a good move, but I, my question is what's the bigger story? Um, what's the bigger story of what God's doing? And, and that car journey, I, I did break the NDA. Um, but it was just one of those moments when you go, oh God, there is a bigger story. You're at work here. And so who knows, maybe Gateway, we're planting uh, a church in Seattle um, at some point in the future. Why not? Let's believe God for it. So Gateway, uh, us, where we are as a, as a leadership team, how we're moving forward. Simply this, we recognize that we need to be raising, recognizing, releasing leaders of all kinds um, as a church. And we need to be doing that more intentionally, more purposefully than we have been. I think we've had a good season. It's not like nothing's happened. We've um, established site leadership teams. Al has been working really hard behind the scenes to pull together a pastoral team to really serve us in the area of pastoral care as a church but we, we've known for a while that this is something that we need to um, intentionally pursue and shape ourselves around. Whether that's more elders, boy, do we need a lot more elders. We want to plant sites, plant churches. Um, we want to be able to bless other churches. Whether that's ministry team leaders, small group leaders, um, just leaders in business, whatever it is, we want to be raising and helping to train, equip leaders. Whether that's Ephesians 4 gifts that God gives. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read Ephesians 4. But God gives gifts to the church to equip and build up and strengthen the body so that we, we move into all God has called us to be. And, and we want to find ways and recognize that God has given us gifts just like that in Gateway. And so this is part of the challenge for us is, is it's, it takes a lot of time and intention to do this. It's not just simply going, oh, there's one, there's one, we're sorted. Because the reality is we want to build with relationship right at the heart of what we do. We're not just an organization looking for a gap to be filled or trying to get a market share somewhere by putting the right person into that role. We're a family and we have relationship at the heart of who we are. We devote ourselves to God, to one another and to God's purposes for us. And in fact, into this, God has been talking to Emma and myself um, over, the, over the last six months, really about the heart of leadership in Gateway, what it looks like. And um, that's for another day, but it's not just about how we structure ourselves, but the value of what we're building, the value of how we perceive and understand what leadership should look like in the local church. What's the leading edge of leadership? 
And we feel like God's taking us on a journey with that. We're not saying we're there yet, but, but really just sensing that um, God is beginning to breathe on us in this area. And so it's not surprising that as God is um, calling us to raise, recognize, release more leaders, to he's putting his promises absolutely in front of us again, and it feels like faith is rising, that God says, but I'm going to disrupt who you are as a team and as a church. And I'm going to get hold of this couple and I'm going to send them over there for other purposes. And you kind of go, yeah, that's kind of what God does. Is he likes to disrupt us because it causes, causes us to run to him and say, God, we cannot do this on our own. In fact, we can never do it. It's, it's you, God. Any success we have is down to you. It's not because we even have the right men and women in the room. It's because you are a faithful God. And so, so at, this, at this point, of course, we are going to massively massively miss Nicomotti as they head off. But at the same time, I kind of sense God's going, this is good for us. And as these guys are blessed, we'll be blessed too. So we have um, begun to adjust how we meet as a team um, to create space to enable us to invite others into our team settings, to in fact expand our leadership team. Um, and so we've invited others to come on this journey with us to to journey with us to say to explore calling and who they are in God and what that looks like for us as a church because actually as a church we believe that really in the kingdom of God we're trained on the job and sure there's a valid place for um, being trained and equipped that's absolutely valid but we really do learn on the job and we're still learning and Nigel and I were just saying with Al earlier in the week we're learning all the time. I don't know how to do this. I've never been at this moment before. We're learning. And that's a great thing. But we have to lean into God in these moments. And we know that we want to grow the leadership team to, for a whole number of reasons, but really to help us move forward. So just quickly, um, we've invited Ian and Tanya. Guys, do you want to stand up? Um, woohoo! <laughs> We have invited, you're allowed to sit down, that's fine, um, Ian and Tanya to join us as part of the leadership team. Um, we'll get you guys to share your story soon, that'd be brilliant. Um, but this has been a massive season of change for these guys, and God has joined them with us. And Emma and I have had a, a good relationship with Ian and Tanya for a long time, and I've always had faith for them and who God's called them to be. And we've just come to a moment, which we'll talk about in the days ahead, where, where God's opened up doors for us. And Ian has been a massive blessing to us as a, as a church. He's a massive blessing to us as a town and the church in the town. And, and we're just really sensing that moving forward, we need these guys to be right in the midst of who we are, helping to shape and carry and lead and serve forward. Um, Ian, in particular, the gift that God has called him to be and raised and trained him for is a huge gift into this town. And he's one of those guys that... that um, Kind of, whoever you talk to, they want to talk to you about Ian and the, bless, the way he's blessed them as he served the church in this town. Ian, I just, even right now, I just want to say to you, the way that you have chosen to serve the church and, and the poor and broken in this town, I just feel like God is going to so open doors for you and bless you. I just want to recognize that publicly. Please pray for Ian and Tanya in these days. We'll share more of that story in the days ahead. Um, we want to invite... We recognize that actually the church isn't built on elders. Elders are here to serve the church and to equip the saints, the Bible tells us, to equip the saints for works of good service. 
But God gives more gifts, Ephesians 4 gifts, to build and equip and raise and, and propel the church into all she's to be. Um, so we want to find ways in the days ahead of recognizing um, prophets and evangelists and apostles among us that can come and strengthen us. So actually as a team, we have a breadth of gifting and perspective in us as a team. But also just to say, we want to, um, we want to recognize and release more elders in the days ahead to serve, to, to shepherd, to care for us well, to carry the promises of God with us as a team. And so we've invited a group of guys along with their wives to journey with us in this next season and to really simply say we're exploring if they're called to be elders here at Gateway. As I said, it's not just a case of, right, here's a job that needs doing, you can do that job. Actually, one of the ways we've built as a team for so long is that we want to build relationally well together. We want to we want to make sure that we have strong love and togetherness, chemistry, if you like, a sense of being able to work and partner well in the gospel together. So we're exploring with this group of guys and, and their wives, are they called to be elders here at Gateway? So in the West, we've invited Matt and Steph to um, go on this journey with us. They currently um, head up and lead our children's work. Um, we've also invited Graham and Shirley. Are you guys here this morning? Yes, Graham. Um, so we've invited Graham and Shirley to, um, to come and journey with us on this also. And just to say, we are so blessed with these guys, so honored um, that they're here and just serve so faithfully and well. Um, and really excited for that. In the East, we've invited um, Jules and Sarah to come and journey with us as well. Um, if you don't know who they are, because they're East, we went and spent the day at Jules and Sarah's farm um, a few a month ago now. Um, and so we want to journey with these guys. We're, we're not saying right now, we're not putting them forward as elders. We're just at a point where we're saying we, we want them to be in the room. We want to just move forward together. It's not just, right, let's, let's talk about eldership in some random context. The way we do this is together and in the room and just go, come, look, come and be on the journey with us. So that's where we are right now. Just quickly, um, just wanted to touch on the Nepalese amongst us who, again, are predominantly in the east. Um, there are many Nepalese that are part of Gateway Church. Kind of 40 to 50 um, is growing and a significant part of who we are as a people. And Al and I have been having a conversation with a group of guys um, who, who are leading within their community context. Um, we've been saying, look, we really want to build together and get more traction together in the days ahead um, and build more intentionally together. We want to serve you guys more effectively. We want to call, call you to be more in our world as well, because that will serve us going together. But in particular, I just want to take a moment to honor Philip and Shanti, who, who many of you will know, I hope, um, the way that they have served and cared for the Nepalese community over the last seven years is just outstanding. In every sense of the word, they are servants, they are leaders, they are friends, encouragers, and they've just given themselves and of their life and their family to bless, in particular, the Nepalese community. But boy, are we blessed by them and strengthened by them and their friendship and their partnership. And we have really, for the last seven years, we've spoken to Philip like this. We've seen him like a spiritual father in the Nepalese community. And just challenges that they face as a family. We don't want to overburden them with pressure. So we're just saying, look... We just, there's an open invite for you, Philip. If ever you guys want to just come and be a part of 
us as a team, you're welcome to, but no pressure, no expectation. We just want to honor where they are in life by approaching it in that way, but they are a huge blessing to us. And so too, Philip is saying, I've got this spiritual son called David, um, who's married to Suda, who are part of the East. And, and Philip's going, look, I just, I, David's like a spiritual son to me. And we're saying, great, come on, let's, let's, let's journey with you as well, David. And Al um, knows David and Suda really well, but we're just journeying with those guys um, and really just want to strengthen that relationship among us as a community um, and build relationship with these guys. They're a significant part of who we are. And then into that, I just finish by saying this. I'm aware that even as we're inviting, and I, the names I've just said, I'm aware that, to be honest, um, it's all middle-aged, middle-class white guys, being quite frank. Um, and that is not who we are as a people. In fact, God has blessed us with multiculture and diversity of all kinds and and we know and recognize that we need to build intentionally in a way team that represents who we are as a people but I also know that that is a tough way to build it's challenging and it's going to take time and it's going to and it needs to be relational it must not be token-esque it must be with an honest humility and a desire for it we must do it intentionally and purposefully pursue it. But we know that is where we need to go. And that has to be part of our um, next season of growing. And we've got to be bold and courageous, I believe, in that. God's called us. I remember Mark for years used to pray for the nations to come and, and be part of Gateway because that's who God's called us to be. And the nations are among us, but we've got to find ways that, that that represents right through who we are as a people. And so I just want to put that out there. So I'll finish with this. Please pray for Nick and Motti, Tim and Jesse at this season. Please pray for us as a leadership team. Please pray for the names that I've mentioned this morning, the guys and wives who are inviting in um, in this next season as a team to just come and journey with us. Please do be praying for us as a church together for God's favor upon us. Um, we know that God is towards us and not against us. And we know that as we step up and just take hold of the purposes of God and, and believe him for them, that he will bless us. But it's never straightforward, is it? If, we, if it was straightforward, we'd already be there and doing it. And so we've got to lean into God. And it's not, Gateway isn't about a leadership team. It's about each one of us having a part to play. We believe in the priesthood of all believers that each one of us has a role to play. Each one of us can be a blessing and pray and minister and play our part in seeing God's kingdom come among us and blessing this town and out into the nation. So can I invite you to stand? Father, I want to thank you that you are the God who you, you pick up individual ones of us and you place us in new destinations. Nicomotti's story is true for so many in Swindon who have found themselves moving either for work or, or for different reasons, but relocating here. And Lord, in and of each one of those individual stories is your purposes and your plans and your leading and your calling to, to make this place home for however long. And Father, we just want to bless each other in your name this morning. Pray that, Lord, just like Nicomotio said, but Lord, you wouldn't just finish with us here. We find ourselves nice house, nice wife, nice life, nice job, nice car, done, settled. That's it. Father, we say, keep us from the middle of the road. Lord, we want to we wanna, we wanna be those who are bold and courageous with our lives, saying, God, we'll follow wherever you lead. Whatever it looks like, we say, here we are. Send us. Use us. Lord, we've been, we were singing it this morning. 
We want to be those who are in the potter's hand for your kingdom come. Lord, for the sake of those who are dying without any knowledge of who you are, we say, Lord, use our lives for your purposes and for your glory. And Lord, we get the thrill and the joy of being involved in your journey and your story. What a privilege. And so we bless one another in your name. We bless your promises over us together as a community. We bless Nick and Motti this morning as they begin to prepare to move on from here. Lord, we thank you. It's not just goodbye. We go with them, Lord. And we look forward to that day when we can send them and bless them on their way. Lord, we pray, give us wisdom and every resource we need for these days ahead, as you've promised you will. And we bless your name and we bless one another. Amen.